Mr. Woods, I just have, I just, I just ask you for one thing, man. One Talk thing. Just please beat Green Bay. Please, please. <laughs> That's all we ask for on this show. That's it. Alrighty. Here we go. Welcome back, beautiful people. Bears Nation podcast week two off and rolling on Chicago for real and on Twitch twitch.tv slash Chicago for real Bears Nation podcast myself Jake Hassan joined as always by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano Justin Kaufman in the background executive producing Bears Nation podcast to talk about the Bears and actually we're not going to scream about Andy Dalton the entire time this time we are going to actually move on I'm sure Andy Dalton will come up at some point because Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are having a press conference but we'll get to that we want to start this week with the biggest news, and this isn't Bears news per se, but it is going to have repercussions and it's going to have a ripple effect across the league. Uh, last week, right before the weekend, heading right into the weekend, the 49ers make a trade again. John Lynch, that sneaky guy, does it again, moves up to third in the NFL draft. Uh, the 49ers are trading the 12th overall pick, a 2022 third round pick and first round picks in 2022 and 2023 to the Dolphins for that third overall selection. Basically this cements that there's going to be a quarterback taken with each of the first three picks. Uh, Some combination of Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and I guess Mac Jones is in this mix. Apparently the 49ers love Mac Jones, which uh, Fine. He led he led all of college football in passing yards. He won a national title. Fine. I get it. I, I get, but to move up to three for him when you easily probably are going to be able to get him at 12 is a wild move to me. And the reason that the 49ers are so linked to Mac Jones is that they went to his pro day, only his pro day, not looking at any other quarterbacks. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan seem to be saying, this is our guy. We're willing to give up our next two, well, our next three first-round picks, really, for this guy. Nick Saban, we trust you. We're going to kneel at the altar of Alabama football, and we're going to take Mac Jones. We have a long time before the draft. This could all be BS. This could be a smokescreen, and they're going to take Trey Lance or an offensive lineman or anybody. The possibilities are quite literally endless for the 49ers here. You have the third overall pick. Before we get into the ripple effects of what this move means for the rest of the league and what it means for the Bears, initial reactions to this and what you guys think the end of the day plan is here for the 49ers. I couldn't tell you their plan. I mean, at the moment, it seems like they're going to move up for Mac Jones. And then you saw the clip. They showed it to Alabama's Pro Day. And there's a clip of Mac Jones missing a deep ball throw. And there's two clips. There's actually a clip of Bill Belichick shaking his head. And then there's a clip of Kyle Shanahan doing this. Like, wait, we did not just we did not just trade away all this draft capital for the next two or three years for this. Where's that guy we saw in the national championship? It's like I I, you know, I'm we'll get into this when we do in our it is a good way to start because we're gonna do kind of a, a little bit of draft talk. We talk about those pro days and a few other things. I don't think Mac Jones is all that. So if anything, from a bear standpoint, good. Thanks, thank San Francisco for moving up. I want us to stay the hell away from Mac Jones. So if they want to take him at three, that's fine. Go ahead, take him at three. Just ensure if that ensures that we can't get him, I'm totally fine with that. I don't know what they're doing. It's a weird offseason. They just felt like they need to make a move. And it's kind of like, you know, it, it's similar to the Bears situation in the sense that they had Jimmy Garoppolo, 
felt like he wasn't what they needed to get over the hump. So what they do, they got aggressive and made a move. And that's where it's like, I, I respect that decision. Cause I feel like in that regard, the bears aren't willing to do that. They said, okay, we have maybe what it takes to get to the super bowl. I mean, maybe you have the pieces on the offensive side and we know we have the defensive pieces. Let's, you know, this is the perfect time to be aggressive and make one of those moves. And I'm not saying that necessarily has to be a draft move, but we obviously know the options that were out there with Deshaun Watson, which is a whole other complicated situation right now. But Russell Wilson and even the other guys that were available in free agency, they weren't able to be aggressive. Again, we will never know how this will pan out in years to come, but that's where I feel like I look at that San Francisco 49ers situation. I may be a little bit envious because you would like to see them be a little bit more aggressive like they have been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get all that, um, but look, here's the thing. There's no chance in hell, no chance in hell the Niners traded up to number three for Mac Jones. It's not happening. I don't believe it. I, I don't know. Comes out. No, I'm not buying that crap. Because here's the thing. You mean to tell me the Niners felt that, you know, Mac Jones was so highly touted as a prospect that they weren't going to get him at 12? And and let's say that they felt that he wasn't going to be there at 12. You trade up a month in advance all the way up to three for Mac Jones? I don't know. I don't know. That and who is it then, Chris? I mean, if it if it's I, not Mac Jones, then I think it's they true. don't seem part they don't seem particularly interested. They weren't even at his pro day, though. They didn't even send Shanahan to the pro day. That's telling. It were, don't don't forget what happened with Mitch Trubisky, man. That's some teams just some teams just smoke screen. That's how it goes. Yeah. I, I mean it's a mind game. I do not care what comes out. I am not believing Mac Jones at three to San Francisco unless it ha- once it happens. I'll be like, okay. I, b- I believe it now. But see, yeah. see. But here's my thing: Why smoke screen for Mac? Why smoke screen with that big of a gamble to trade up that hardly if that's a smoke screen? You know why? Why make that aggressive of a move? Right. If you're not, if they're moving up for somebody else and they're trying to get somebody else to blink and say, you know, maybe the Falcons at four. They're yeah. trying to get the Falcons to blink and say, all right, we need to move to three. We'll give you this, that, and the other for, yeah. you know, I, I, to switch spots with you. What, what, like what the Bears did with San Francisco in 2017. Mm-hmm. They they could just be trying to force somebody else's hand here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's what I think could be the case. But, like, I, I want to switch over to, to the whole, like, what do I think about them actually making that move? I love it for one reason and one reason only. I don't like being over aggressive in situations like that when it's not warranted. But here's my thing. You know, you know the whole thing about how you shouldn't wait to draft a QB when you when you need one, you should get one before you need one. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what they're doing. And you guys know how I feel about Jimmy G. I do not like Jimmy G. I do not think he's good at all. But I think you can get by with Jimmy G. And that, that's why I think this move makes a lot of sense for them because they have options now. They have options, and you know that roster. I mean, that roster is fantastic, in my opinion. So I think it's a great move for them. Um, and my guess right now is Justin Fields. I, I, I personally love Justin Fields, so I'm just assuming NFL guys do, just because like there's there's no reason not to love Justin Fields, in my opinion. Um, and let's say Justin Fields does go at two, then I think they take Zach Wilson at three. I. Bro, I, I just don't believe it. And this is coming from someone who, who actually likes Mac Jones. Like, I don't hate Mac Jones as a prospect. I wouldn't want the Bears to trade up for him. But if he fell, I wouldn't hate if they did draft him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love Kevin's face every time Mac Jones comes up. It's just, it's, it's just really, it's pain. It's just fury. Just fury. The Mac Jones hate with, with Kevin goes way back, way back when, when we were talking with, with Abdallah. 
Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Kevin, and it's, it, it, it's not just, you know, people who watch this and know I go to Ohio State may think it's because, you know, I was at the national championship and Alabama beat Ohio humble State. Brag. Not to brag. Humble brag. Um, that's not the case. I mean, I just don't think the guy's that exciting of a prospect. Like, I've gotten to the point where in my evaluation of quarterbacks, no matter who it is, free agent, draft, whatever round, first round, seventh round, I want a guy who's got who's a, a little bit more of a risk but has a little bit higher of a ceiling. I'm sick of the floor stuff. We talked about this. We know how I feel about this. The reason I chose Mitch over Nick Foles last year was because of that ceiling. We know the conversation. If you guys have listened to Bears Nation podcast, we know Jake and I have bantered about this for 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 hours. For banter, hours, about the- banter is a very light way of yeah, putting. <laughs> yes, that it is. It is. It got a little bit more aggressive than banter, but you know what I mean. Like he doesn't provide you with anything exciting. Sure, he can maybe make some of those nice throws, but what else can he do? What I, you know, I mean, can, pe- can he people would say he provided plays? you with a championship. Yeah, okay, and, he provided you a championship and, and along so all those I weapons. Say, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I will say to Kevin's defense, it's it's not hard i mean it, it is hard but it makes it easier when you have the heisman winter winner winter jesus when you have the heisman winner and you have jalen waddle and you have Najee harris and you have a stable of running backs and you have the greatest college coach of all time so that mm-hmm. will definitely help you uh i i'm with chris i think mac jones is talented i don't think he warrants going up to number three four but if the 49ers are desperate We've seen people get desperate and when you have that Super Bowl. The 49ers were there. The clock is ticking. They've already lost people from that defense. It's ticking. Kittle's yeah. not getting any yes. younger. They are, you know, they they don't have a ton of offensive weapons. They need to capitalize now. And so let's just cycle right into this. What this means for Jimmy Garoppolo? What is the the writing on the wall? Who knows? Because it, it certainly seems that the 49ers are going to take a quarterback. I think we can all agree on that. They will take a quarterback at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we're all in agreement on that. Uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl. It was more about the scheme, and I think, and playing off of that defense. And not to say that the guy can't do it, but you saw what happened when he was on the biggest stage going up against the best of the best and Patrick Mahomes. And he shrunk. And granted, the 49ers led for a large portion of the game, and it looked like they were going to win it. And then, you know, the Chiefs, we all know what happened there. But it seems like Garoppolo is on his way out of town. Maybe maybe you get a situation where, all right, Jones or Fields or whoever it may be, they're going to sit to start the year, and then here we are week five. And what do you know? The rookie's out there taking the first snap, and Jimmy G's on the bench. I, I do think this means Jimmy G is out of town. I don't think he's going back to the Patriots. I think that would have happened a long time ago if they wouldn't have sent him out if they really, truly believed in him. It's, it's kind of the same thing with Stidham. Yeah. It's like if they really believed in him that much, well, they would have Well, no, that well, wasn't his fault, though. I mean, yeah. you got Brady there for years. You're not just going to stick right, around a right. high-caliber player my there when point, you can get trade capital. Right. My point being that Bill Belichick is clearly not saying, all right, let's get Jimmy G back. He's the guy. You know, okay. it's clearly yeah, right. he's going to have to go somewhere else. Um, and now <laughs> we just talked about it floor versus ceiling. What, what are you getting here with Jimmy G? What's the floor? What's the ceiling? I don't think the ceiling's that high. I think the ceiling no. is like, it's not. the ceiling is a little Philip rivers, maybe like as far as where he's going to take you lower than that is, is yeah. like, as far as where he's going to take you, he's not going to take you to championship game. He might get you the playoffs, but he's not winning you any, he's not winning you the biggest games. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I mean, is Jimmy G better than a guy like Mitch Kirk Cousins? I, 
Chris, here's the question. Is Jimmy G better than Dalton? I mean, that that's the question we should be asking ourselves because getting Dalton has, you know, it's not allowed us to go after Jimmy G. So that's what you have to ask. Dalton. I mean, I would rather sign Dalton than trade for Jimmy G. For I agree with that's that. That's a fair point. That's a fair I would point. I would definitely agree with that. Well, if you're I, I would say on the base level, where would you rank the three of them? Dalton, Mitch. And Jimmy G, and just not, not, not even. That's a good hypothetical. Well, not even. Let's not consider contract. Let's not consider mm-hmm. you know trade. Let's say if you just had to rank them objectively. Man. I know where Kevin. Kevin's gonna go. Kevin's gonna I, go. I, Mitch, I, what is Mitch, it? What do you I, think it is? I'm, I'm right, Kevin, gonna, Kevin. We all know you're going Mitch number one. That's like that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dalton. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go today. today. Okay, hold on. Today, today, as of this yeah. moment, not two years ago, not three. Today, yeah. today, I'm going Dalton, Mitch, Jimmy. Wow. Yeah, I know I, that's probably unpopular, but I, that's the way I I see it right now. Wow. What do you guys think? Mitch, Jimmy, Dalton, all day, all day. I'll stand by it. You think, you think Jimmy's better than than Dalton? Oh, I think Jimmy's far better than Dalton. Really? Yeah, I, I think Jimmy's better than Dalton. But it doesn't I, matter. This, this I, doesn't even matter, though. All right, the, the one we got. Does. No, it doesn't, you, though. You, you might, you might have, the, you might have a choice here between Jimmy and Dalton. No, you, you don't have, have a choice. No, Jake, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, and this is the problem. I brought this up two episodes ago. I said, you know what? You getting Dalton was bad, but here's why it was worse: is because you have now. You know, closed all you've closed the door on Jimmy G. What are you gonna have? Three veteran quarterbacks and Foles, yeah. Dalton, and Jimmy G in the room? It's that's, not gonna happen. It's not going to happen. I I assure you. So that's why you know this, I we said we want to talk about Dalton, but we can't even have this conversation because they made that impulse decision. You wait if you would have waited out two weeks, two weeks until this damn trade happened, you could have been talking about these things. You know what well, I mean? That's why I, I it's think- frustrating. I think Chris was right the first point. You're not trading for you're not giving up assets for Jimmy Garoppolo. No. He would have to be released. And I on that contract, There's you're no not way. about to release him. No so I, I don't think you'd be having that conversation regardless. I, I think they're gonna end up even if they do draft Jones or Fields, whoever it might be mm-hmm. at number three, they're, they're gonna keep yeah, they're gonna keep Garoppolo because okay. he did go to the Super Bowl, so he's definitely a, a way overqualified backup. Yeah. If the rookie does, you know, if the rookie does sit for a couple weeks or he stinks or he gets hurt. Then you know you have that guy as opposed to, uh, and Chase Chase Henry. Yeah, no, Bethard signed somewhere else, didn't he? Oh, I thought he just signed know. somewhere. Um, any, but, but regardless, you know, Jimmy G is better than your next option. So yeah. I, I don't think anybody, even even Ryan Pace, as hot as that seat should be, I don't think is going to give up a first round pick or multiple first round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't think Dalton precludes you from that conversation because I don't think it was a conversation to begin with. I think what you have to look at is people like a Matt Ryan, who is a candidate to be released. You know, if the Falcons do blink and they trade up to number three and they take fields or whoever, and then they release Ryan, then you can have that conversation. I agree with you. I I think they should have waited. And I think that now you're stopping yourself, but regardless Garoppolo, I don't think he would have been on the table because you're not giving up assets for that guy. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, like, this is pretty much just the exact reason why I keep saying roll with Dalton. Like, what are you gonna do? Just have three like quarterbacks that are just, yeah. like on an equal playing yeah. field? Like, I don't know, man. I just 
if they did something like that, I would 100% believe. I mean, I already do kind of believe it, but I would 100% believe that, like, there, there's nobody in that building that has any idea what they're doing. Like, it's just kind of like, already there. Yeah, it's already there. Like, we already know that's the case. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So, so staying on the topic of this, because it is going to have even if the bears stay at 20, even, you know, because again, the the Niners, the Niners are going to take a quarterback. So you're going to have probably available some combination of Trey Lance and either Mac Jones or um, Justin Fields available at starting with the fourth pick, assuming the Falcons take someone, whoever it is between, I mean, if Fields is available, I have to think that the Falcons are going to take him right away without hesitating. Um, yes. But that leaves one more quarterback, presumably out, outside of the top five uh, for teams like the Patriots and the Bears to consider and whoever else you want to throw in there who might be looking for a quarterback. That doesn't that doesn't say a lot. I think it, it's looking likely that you're probably seeing the Bears take. I mean, this is a deep offensive line class and you need an offensive lineman. I think it's likely you're seeing the Bears take either a wide receiver and offensive lineman at number 20. Yep. I, I agree with that. Um, this is this is quite literally the exact reason why I said relying on the Bears to get a quarterback in the draft is so crazy. Like, I, I get it. It's another avenue to where you can acquire a quarterback. But, like, it just wasn't realistic. Like, look at how many teams need a quarterback. Look at how many, pe- like, teams there are in front of you. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, and, like, I'm perfectly okay with staying at 20, taking best player available, and just trying to build the team so you have pieces for the future like that's where you're at right now and I, and like i hate to say it but like i'm kind of past the whole like let's go try to win like i i just want to make sure this team is not in a terrible place moving forward like obviously i want them to win of course and they're in that mode as they should be but like i don't want them to go guns blazing anymore i just don't all right, Justin. That's that's. <laughs> I, was <waiting> for that. <laughs> I didn't even see that. I wasn't even that's, reading that. We're not gonna have the tank conversation again. <laughs> We're not gonna do it. We're not. We know where we stand. I, I, I want to address the other comment that popped up real quick uh, from Nico Savage. If you take Helen Mond at number twenty, I'm. No. I am. You won't. No, they won't people. take it. They no, won't. Soldier no, no, Field no. is going to be filled with. It's going to be commandeered by the fans because Helen Mond is not a first round quarterback. I, he, I I get it. He has the he has the arm and it looks like he has the physical attributes. Mm-hmm. But that throw of his pro day, that was just goofy. <laughs> like he looked well, so gangly. It was a good throw, good but throw. It, it looked so uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable it to watch. Yeah. He's got um, weird mechanics. But you're not taking him at 20. He was never on the board at number 1. He's never he has not been valued that high. I'm not against taking him in a later round, but if you take him at number 20, Bears fans are going to be at the front gates of Soldier Field stripping the place for parts. You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a war zone if they take Mond at 20. There are a lot better players. You could I would much rather take a Rondell Moore at number 20. No, Eli, I mean not Elijah Moore. Elijah baby. Moore. That's the Elijah best Moore one in this guys. Look, I mean the thing we're kind of we're kind of understanding too is like holy crap, like these top 20 picks are loaded, man. I mean, you have mm-hmm. some insanely good skill players in you know yep. Kyle Pitts and you know Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase and Terrence Marshall, you know, and then you got the five quarterbacks. And then, you know, there's obviously gonna be teams out there who are gonna go for positions of need. They're gonna take that edge rusher, Micah Parsons, they're gonna take that offensive lineman, you know, Alex Leatherwood. You're going to be left with a high caliber player at number 20. I guarantee it. It will be a high caliber player okay. at a position, and then it's the you know, the age-old question. 
position of need or best player available. I I, I would love to imagine one of those wide receivers is going to be available. I mean, if you just break it down and you look through it and you look at some of those teams who need specific players, I think you could see a Jalen Waddle become available. Every year, guys, we, we, we act when we do these things as analysts, as everybody does, we act like the past, that, that history doesn't exist. Every single year in history, that player who shouldn't fall, falls. Last year, it Monty was... Uh, year. It, it could be. I think it could be. Last year was Justin Jefferson, guys. Uh, arguably, I, I, I Justin Jefferson is so freaking good. I don't even want to explain my frustration with the fact that he's in the division. That guy is so freaking good. And the fact that Jalen Rieger was taken before him, like, this is going to happen, man. People are going to fall in love with, you know, the cone drill that Rondell Moore did. Uh, and then they're going to start to worry about Devonta Smith being 175 pounds. Oh, Rondell Moore, good cone drill. Devonta Smith, 175 pounds. What, something's going to happen. Jalen Waddle coming off of an injury. These things yeah. are going to happen. Somebody will be available at 20. The Bears don't need to do anything excessive here. You don't need to move up. You don't need to overthink it. There's going to be a good player available. Sit there and wait. Let them come to you. That's as simple as that. I really hope Ryan Pace is listening to this because that was just – that was a master class, like, saying by by Kevin right there. Like, just let this let this draft fall to you. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, that's all you have to do. This draft, like Kevin just said, like, it's loaded, man. It's loaded. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. I wouldn't even hate the idea of. Uh, I don't hate the idea of trading back. If the if yes, I was gonna say that. If there are a lot of players on the board, you trade back, get some more picks, and like we could definitely use those picks right now. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I mean I would be all for it. Like I really think the Bears are in not such a bad position as long as they stand pat right now. Like don't do anything crazy. That's that. This is exactly why. Do you guys see why I was saying roll with Dalton now and just kind of set like I'm with you. I'm with you. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want them to do anything excessive. I think it would be literally just insane to do something excessive at this point. Jake? Yeah, no, it just let it fall to you. Like Kevin said, this is lo- this is a loaded draft class, and, and it happens every year. Like you mentioned, somebody's going to fall. Somebody's going to be there who you don't expect. If you, have to, if you have to move up to a 19 or 18, fine, do it. I'm fine with that if you're giving up one of those extra six-round picks or something, whatever. But you're going to have options, and especially I think with these wide receivers, you're going to have a lot of options at number 20, and it looks like you're going to need that, especially if the way this Allen Robinson situation pans out or doesn't pan out, uh, then you're going to need some talent at wide receiver there because you have the weapons. We talked about it last week. Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. Now you have uh, Williams there at the RB2, Tariq Cohen coming back, David Montgomery. You have a, a plethora of options here. You have a lot of guys, and then you add to that, you know, you if you add a Chase or a Waddle or a Smith, that makes you better. Chase. They're not getting Chase, but Waddle or Smith, maybe. Hey, it, if somebody falls, it, it, yeah. we don't know. You can't say right yeah, now who's going to fall. It could so. be, especially if people do start trading up for offensive linemen or one of those edge rushers or whoever it may be. It's going to happen at some point. So it could be anybody. I'm just saying there are a lot of skillable guys here that you can get where you can put Andy Dold in the best position possible to succeed. Yeah. And, and let me throw this disclaimer out as well real quick. First of all, I let's address this comment real quick. Chicago for real says, sorry, C-plus grade for Bears off talent grade for Bears offense. I, I, I vehemently disagree with that. If you if you keep Allen Robinson, if, if, if we're evaluating that offense with Allen Robinson there, which you should be because he signed the franchise tag, he is currently a member of the Chicago Bears, and as of this the season started tomorrow, he would be on the field playing for the Chicago Bears. That is a B-plus offense in my opinion. And I don't think I'm crazy for saying that. You have 
a very good tight end duo, in my opinion. And the guy who's a red zone threat and, you know, caught the third most red zone touchdowns in the NFL last year. People don't remember that. And Jimmy Graham, Kokomet, who's a, you know, I don't know if he's a rising star, but he's a budding star. You you Darnum, saw what he, you saw what you, he could be when yes. you used him appropriately. C, C plus is generous. See, I don't, I don't, I, this is, I, I this think, is absurd to I, me. I, I think as it stands today, this is what we talk about with the ceiling conversation. And you, you know, your top three, that's your fair. top three receivers are going to be Robinson, Mooney, and Komet. I don't think that's bad. I think C plus B minus is fine for those guys. And I think A-Rob boosts that significantly. You need to see Mooney do it again. You need to see Komet do it when he gets more looks and when he gets more targets. I get all that. I think middling a little bit above average is fine for right now. We're trying to project what these guys can be. We saw it with Mooney. We saw what he can be. He could be very good. That's fine, and that's great. And then you add in those other guys like Graham, Mike Montgomery. They're supplemental David. guys. But Mike Montgomery. But, but Cubs pitcher Mike Montgomery. Did I say Mike? Man, yeah, you're ready for baseball. Season. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, you did. Man, I cannot World speak. World Series winner. Um, but but no, and you have the guys. You have those top three that I think could really provide. Cohen should not be considered anything. Gimmick the league no. has figured out. I. No, I don't to- I don't totally disagree with that. I think I, the Bears I, overused him and he got overexposed, but it, because then the offense was everything Cohen. It was everything, you know, gimmick after gimmick after trick play after gadget play. Fine. Now that you have actual guys that you can lean on, I think that's totally fine and when you choose and pick your spots, I think that could work. I think this Bears offense can be a B plus, even dare I say an A minus or so if everyone hits their ceiling. As of today, I'm fine saying they're a C plus. As of today, before we see everyone start getting their reps and see the chemistry with Dalton, I'm fine saying a C. I'm fine saying that the baseline right now is a C because we haven't seen these guys catch a pass from Andy Dalton. We haven't seen these guys with the full healthy offensive line. We haven't seen what the running back rotation is going to look like. So if you're going to call it a baseline C, if you're going to call it baseline average, that's fine because the Bears were bottom two last year. So if you're average, that's a step up. Yeah. Yeah. Look. I think I think a B B minus is probably where I'd put it. Um, and I just want to talk about that Tariq Cohen comment. I was fully on like under the impression that you know he's a, he's a limited player, a good player, but limited because you know his, his skill set. I mean, it's limited. Like he can only do so many things because of his size. I fully believe that, but I do think he's a valuable piece of his offense. And I think you saw how important his absence was last season. I, I think I think yeah. the Bears offense, maybe not by an you know an obscene amount, but I, I think they're a better offense with Tariq Cohen on the field. He can do multiple things. It makes it you well. have to think. It makes you it's the exactly. implication that something exactly. big could happen. Yeah. To quote, to quote Dennis Reynolds, it's about the implication. Like yeah. it, anything could happen when he's on the field. You don't know what Granted, you have to put faith that Nagy is going to use him correctly, but that's a different conversation for a different day. It's about the implication that he can throw a touchdown pass or can do a wheel route and burn mm-hmm. you or yeah. that he's even just dodging everyone running up the middle. It's it's about the the possibility of what could happen. I agree if you're running him out there every single down, then that, that goes away and it starts to lose its sheen a little bit and then you can figure it out. But now... That's what you brought Montgomery in for. That's what you bring Williams in for. That's what you bring this this new offensive line in for. And um, we saw how nasty this offensive line can be when they're clicking. And now you get James Daniels back. That is basically the definition of a gimmick. A gimmick's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to have a gimmick. If you, if your gimmick is Tariq Cohen breaking people's ankles in the open field on a wheel route, 
sign me up. That's fine. I, I don't think it's bad to have a gimmick. You see gimmicky players all over the place. You see them all across the league. That's fine. It's just, it, it's just that you can't keep using that gimmick. You can't keep running it back over and over and over. So, and that's, and that's what I keep circling back to. You have to pick and choose your spots when you use Cohen. I think that now you have an actual running back rotation. You can pick those spots more appropriately and you're not just relying on that. That's not your whole offense now. And that's, that's to me what elevates the Bears from a C-plus to where I had them at a B-B-plus is their versatility. I mean, all of a sudden, this is a very versatile offense. Again, the two sure. tight ends are, are completely different. They're polar opposites. One guy is a speed guy who could do a lot of different things. The other guy is, okay, one-on-one -on -one in the end zone, touchdown. You know what I mean? The, the running back room all of a sudden. You have a power back in David Montgomery who's actually, you know, you know, incredibly versatile himself because he can break tackles. He's actually improving his speed a lot uh, this offseason to work on his speed. And it's evident because off that 80-yard run was the fastest he's ever been, um, even faster than any time his rookie year, any time in college. And then you had three Cohen. Like, this is a versatile offense. You got the deep ball guy in Mooney, and then you got the, you know, the more aggressive one-on-one -on -one guy in Allen Robinson. Like, that's what I like about this offense right now because people are still keen to say that this is not a great offense and they still have a long way to go. But we talk about that thing. We talk about that promise. Well, where does that promise stem from? For me, it's that they can do a lot of different things. But again, what is the question? And, and, and what is the common denominator here when we're talking about all these things is how will it be used correctly? Will they be used in the right ways? The Tariq Cohen was not a bad football player. You can't just sit here and say Tariq Cohen's a bad football player. What has been bad has been the ways they've used him. And Jake hinted at that a little bit, but it's also just the situations. I mean, what are you doing putting him in there at third and one when you need a first down? No, that ball goes to Dave Montgomery. Like, you have to you have to be using these guys the right way. And for all we know, Matt Nagy's not capable of doing that. Can that change? Maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll let that, you know, find the answer in six months whenever the season starts. But you have versatile players who can do some things and have a, you know, and really open up a playbook for you because they have a lot of different things they can do and, and they can run up a lot of different plays with the type of personnel that they have. So that's what to me elevates them from that C plus to, you know, that, that B range. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, Like I, I just think that grade of like a B is perfect. Like I, I, I think, right. you know, they're, they're good. Like we have good players on the team. I think you can add on it. I think you can get better for sure. But I mean, I think you have a, a decent nucleus on offense. Now I just got to add those right pieces. I think Damian Williams is probably like the best example of that. You know, like, yeah. you know, it's small. It's a sign, signing on a smaller scale, but I think he could have a big impact. So. Right. And, and the thing is, the bars on the floor, people, you were yeah. a bottom you were a bottom three offense last year. You were a bottom five offense the entire year. The bar is at the floor. Let's see everyone stay healthy. Let's see what happens when you have everyone you want there. And if you can add one of these wide receivers, if they do fall, whether that's Waddle or Smith or whoever it may be, then let's see what happens. What did they do to improve? You're getting people healthier. And, and I think that can't be understated. When you have your best offensive lineman in James Daniels back, you have Darnell Mooney healthy, which you didn't have in the playoff game which showed immensely and that hurt you a lot. And then David Montgomery was banged up last year too. He had Eddie, that Goldman. Year. Eddie Goldman comes or he opted out though. He opted out, but, but he's back, which is, yeah. which is big. And so you the tangible, like you can't point and say, all right, they added this guy and they changed the thing, <laughs> but you're getting healthy people back. And I, at health is huge in the NFL. When you have to start using replacement level players, it speaks volumes and it changes the entire way that you run your team. Yeah, 100%. I, I Look, like 
I, I think we were all pissed, you know, after the Andy Dalton signing. Like, we kind of were all just very low on the Bears. But, like, we got to remember, I mean, there is still a whole draft to go through. Like, yep, there's, there's well. a chance. And, guys, like, I don't even think we've talked about this yet. But, like, we got to give Pace credit for, for the last draft. Like, yes. I think he hit on pretty much everything. Like, you're talking about Darnell Mooney. You're talking about Jalen Johnson. Like, you could stop right there and it would probably be a great draft. Still around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure Javon Wim's key card stopped working as soon as he dropped that pass. Um, no, but Chris, you're absolutely correct. We've seen Ryan Pace add multiple day one contributors throughout the draft. We've seen him do it over and over and over again. We've seen it happen with Eddie Jackson and Jordan Howard and all the and Darnell Mooney and Jalen Johnson. It can happen in the second round and the third round and the fourth round. Yeah. We've seen it. So, and now you have a first round pick in a loaded draft. So, whether that's an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, I think you're getting at least at least two starters in the first two rounds, right? Because yeah. I just I think the talent is that deep. Where as long as you get oh, yeah. two people from the top 100 picks, which you're gonna have. Uh, I think you're fine because you saw you you didn't even pick till after at 50 last year and you still got two starters. So I I think you're now you're at 20. Now you get to pick from one of the top 20 guys. I think that's I think that really helps you. So yeah, I I would agree. This offense is probably I I think they're at a C as of right now, this moment, 834 on Wednesday, the 31st of 2021. But you know, I think six months from now, after we get see who they add in the draft and after we get some OTAs and some see some film on these guys mm-hmm. we start to say all right these guys you know this potential this ceiling's going up 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 whatever obviously with andy dalton that ceiling is only going to be so high but hey you know that leads right into our other point you can't go eight and eight because the season's longer so regardless you're gonna be not 500 you have an odd number of games <laughs> folks uh, uh i you know obviously you get more football you get more nfl uh, you know, people are going to be happy about it. Uh, I, there's no reason to be upset about this. I understand that some of the players are concerned about safety and health and whatnot, but this is going to make, this is going to increase the drama. This is going to increase the stakes. This is going to make things an overall more enjoyable experience. And Hey, maybe it gives the bears an extra week to try and sneak into the playoffs in the last spot and then get their teeth kicked in by the saints again. I don't know. But that being said, you can't go eight and eight. You can't go exactly five hundred unless you go eight eight and one. In which case, if the Bears go eight eight and one, what do I do? I'll, I'm going to do something outrageous if they go out eight eight and one. Um, I don't know. Brainstorm some stuff. Drop it in the comments. If the Bears go eight eight and one, I will do something absolutely outrageous. Um, uh, Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, they so yeah in so, Vegas. So that's so, a little bit unfair. Think why? about it, because they we we have eight home games and nine away games. So. It's, yeah. you know, I mean, it's going to happen to everyone. I, eventually, I'm sure they'll add I some know. kind of neutral site thing, but it's going to happen. There's worse places to play than Vegas. Um, true. You know, right. Especially since you consider it'll probably be later in the year. But, and the Raiders, who are the Raiders scaring? The Raiders, yeah, the Raiders don't scare me. It could be worse. Could be the Chiefs if you had to pick an AFC West team. So that's fine. The Raiders, whatever they're they're basically the same as the Bears. They're eight. They're that five hundred yeah. middling purgatory yeah. team. So that's perfectly fine with me. Moves the Super Bowl back a week. It's going to be the day before Valentine's Day. So people, don't get yourselves in trouble. Don't get caught up in the Super Bowl hype. Don't don't get in trouble. Be aware. 
Always check the calendar. I had a friend for. I had a friend ask me, "Is Valentine's Day always on the 14th? I had someone legitimately Ooh. ask me that this Valentine's Ooh. Day. I, I had one of my friends Ooh. ask me, "Hey man, is Valentine's Day always on the 14th?" I said, "Where have you been the last 23 years of your life?" <laughs> I, they, you, you get this drilled into your head from the day you start school. It does not make sense. Probably basically a home game one. That's true. Most of Chicago will probably That's end up in Vegas, and you know you're going to have a, a lot of neutral fans there as well. Uh, I'm sure gambling on the game, but yeah, I mean, it's more football. It's fine with me. Cool. Can't go eight and eight. Of course, McCaskey was the only one to vote against. Um, was he the only one? I don't know if we know. He uh, I don't know if he was the only one. I, I might he be. Did vote against there. It. He did now, vote against it. Now here's, that's what's weird. And this is what everybody's saying on Twitter is, you know, oh, now, now McCaskey wants to be a player's owner. Now he <laughs> wants to step up and, and have a voice for the players and everything. And, and all. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, like there's a point they made, but it is interesting that he did that. I, I don't know why. No one has reasoning why I'm sure they'll ask. Um, well, I don't, well, McCaskey won't be on the conference, correct? It'll just be Pace and Nagy on Friday or whenever the presser is. Bless you, Jake. He had to mute yeah. his sneeze. Muted it. Yep. Um, it is just Pace and Nagy. It's Pace and Nagy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we won't know why, but you know, a reaction about this is, you know, I, I'm for it as a fan. Like you have to be for it. I understand why the players would be a little bit worried about health, but it is just one other game it, for the NFL. It made too much sense. It's millions of dollars right back into your pocket at the end of the year. You know, in January, the NBA heats and, and up. And we all knew it was going to happen eventually. Yeah, everybody talking about this for what three, four years now. Yeah, it, yeah. it's been a while, and it, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It hasn't kicked in yet to me that that is you know that's what the normalcy is now. It's going to be 17 games going forward now, and that it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And what I really think they should do as well in the coming. Uh, in the coming, I, I really think they should make the seventh seed a permanent thing in the playoffs. That's something I've been an advocate for. Yeah. I think it's a little bit more interesting. You might as well. I mean, there, there's, there's look, eight teams is too much in the NBA. That that's too many, but also yeah. the NBA has two less teams in their league and they have one extra playoff spot. I think if you add another playoff spot, I mean, it, it, it does nothing but benefits. Sure. You take away one of the top two home field advantages there and one of the buys, but you know, you get more teams excited to watch games because their team could be in contention on the stretch. It creates more excitement. There's, you know, a little bit more juice going down. You know what I mean? That I'm an advocate for that. I know that's could be something they discuss down the road. Obviously it happened just this year because of the, the whole COVID situation. Um, but 17th game I'm all for it, man. More football. I'm not complaining about that. Another week for us to talk Bears football on the podcast. That's true. Right. Come that's on true. guys. That's another, true. This, yeah, so this is for the listeners. Really, we we made yeah. this happen. You're welcome. We yeah. sat at that table. We banged the table to get an extra episode for you guys. So you're likely, or you're likely. I'm reading and speaking at the same time. That's not great. To answer the question um, that was just dropped in the comments, I believe it is the last game of the season. We know that uh, for sure, I think, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, so so it is for sure the last game of the season. Um, yeah, the credit to me for being able to read and talk at the same time, and that is sarcastic because I can't do that. Um, Kevin mentioned it. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are talking on Friday. They are having a press conference. It's probably going to be nothing, but any time that you get a press conference dropped from the sky, hey, they're talking. All right, what's it going to be? Hey, hey, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be the announcement of Desmond Trufant's salary. That's what you're gonna get. Congrats! All right, we're paying a three million dollars. No, no, no. Listen, they're gonna they're gonna have everyone come in and be like, guys, don't forget we signed Ryan Nall. (laughs) You know, you know the running bit of Ryan Nall slander on this podcast. I'm about sick of it because you know what? I'm. (laughs) I'm gonna get on my soapbox. I'm gonna get on my soapbox for Ryan. Oh no! Because you know what? 
I got nothing. But you know what? He's probably a, he's probably a nice guy. He doesn't deserve this. Oh, it's, oh, he's a great guy. I'm sure he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. I've heard <laughs> stories about him. I swear he's he's probably a great guy. But like, come on, bro. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, I'll come on the podcast. Um, We're just an Artavis Pierce fan club, and by default, true. we have to that's be true. negative that's towards true. Ryan. Oh, that's that's it. That's great guy, great guy. But when it comes to our preferences on the field, Artavis Pierce is our guy. We got to stick to our guts, man. Kevin, if you saw Artavis Pierce on the street, like, would you even be able to get words out to say anything to him? I don't, I don't know. I would, I'd be starstruck. I mean, that is, that's, I would, I don't know. I mean, that's Pac-12, my boy, baby. Pac twelve. 12. Oregon State made a nice run in the tournament. Made a nice run in the tournament. Good All right. This is a football game. podcast. Anyway, back to the Nagy and Pace presser on Friday. It's going to be nothing, people. Don't get excited. They can tell us how bad they've Well, that's the thing. They don't tell us anything at these press conferences. They go there. They sit yeah. down for what they got there for. And credit to guys like Adam Hogue and Kevin Fishbane. They try to ask questions that people – that that people want to know, you know, why did you pick Mitch in 2017? Why did you sign Dalton for so much money? Why did you do this? Why is Ryan Nall getting so many snaps? It, you know, they ask the questions that people want to hear, and that, and then to their credit, they try, and then they get stonewalled. I mean, it's not their fault. They pace and Nagy, they sit down and they decide we're only talking about this. You're getting no other answers from us. Um, so I'm sure you're going to hear the questions asked. You're not going to get the answers. It's going to be, all right, Trufant, he's getting paid three and a half. His number is whatever. Uh, see you later. Like, you know, does that require a whole press conference? I don't think so, but it's just, it's standard. It's just, it's what happens. They're not going to answer any quarterback questions. They're not going to answer any personnel questions. What are the questions that should be asked? Probably draft questions. What's your plan? Who are you evaluating? Who have you gone to see? They're not going to answer any of those because they've never answered any of those. They play that very close to the vest. They always have. Are you going to have a quarterback competition between Andy Dalton and Nick Foles? You're going to get no. Andy is the starter. Da, 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 da. What are you going to do with Nick Foles? We don't know. He's our guy. He's a great locker room presence, blah, 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 blah. Was there any – I guarantee there's a Mitch question, uh, something of the sort of did you think about bringing Mitch back when you he signs for so little with Buffalo? Was there any – did you ever meet with him? They probably won't answer those questions. They might say we wish – they're, they're going to say something along the lines of we wish Mitch the best, great guy, we appreciate what he did for the organization or lack thereof, blah, blah, blah. I added that last part. But you're going to get nothing. You never get anything out of these guys. The only time you're going to get – Want to hear how fast pace is going to pack his bags when the Bears goes four and thirteen? If they go four and thirteen, hey, you're in quarterback situation there, and then you're getting a new GM and you're getting a new head coach. I know Kevin hates to hear that. Of course, we're going to root for wins, but you go four and thirteen, you are guaranteed a reset. So if that happens, so be it. So yeah, you don't expect any answers here. They're going to ask the questions. You're going to get the same stonewall answers, and at the end of the day, you are going to be sitting there standing with. All right, what did I learn today? Desmond Trufant is number 72. <laughs> Happy weekend. I don't know. <laughs> All right, awesome. So that's what you're going to get out of it. Don't expect anything. Don't get your hopes up. I know with all the Russell Wilson rumors, we got our hopes up last time. Don't do it. Just just let it go. Yeah. Oh, one thing I did forget. They'll probably get asked about Rashad Coward. Retire the fridge's number. Sure, I'm fine with that. They're going to get asked about Rashad Coward because he signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He leaked his own contract over a Call of Duty stream. Um, kind of cool. Honestly, I wish players would do that on purpose. That'd be kind of sweet if that's how they announced where they were signing. Um, 
But Rashad Coward, um, you have the replacements there. He was not a – it was on Twitch. He wasn't an integral integral, integral part of this team. Integral. integral, sure, whatever. Hey, I have a journalism degree. It's hanging – it's hanging in the other room okay. over there, but I swear, but coward, he was never worth keeping around. You weren't going to fight for him. You were, you have guys that you like. He was not part of that combination that helped you establish the run game last year. Wish him all the best. Great. You know, best of luck, dude. Please keep He's doing streams. Show. That was awesome. What's up? He's a, friend, he's a friend of the show. He uh, he follows me on Twitter. I follow him on Twitch. We've had some conversations. So All right, people are asking for the this, degree. Uh, I'm going to get it. Carry, okay, show, show that degree. Um, Chris, I'll, I'll I'll let you you know speak your piece about everything you've talked on the last 20 minutes because I know you've been inching to say something. Yeah, I, I was honestly just gonna say like, all joking aside, like Pace is really good at saying a lot of stuff without really saying anything like how he does it like like he kind of he kind of like keeps it on on like you know he's on topic like he kind of answers it <laughs> can we see the right fine there. print is it real is it fake it's right there, it's right okay. there. why would i frame a fake piece of paper kevin i have some I so in I, case uh, you're ever on a twitch live stream you need to show it you know i've seen that on pick art dude <laughs> Dude, don't be telling people that I hired you for that. Okay, you can't expose yourself for that. No, um, you mentioned that Ryan Pace is very good at saying nothing. That is correct. Ryan Pace is excellent at saying nothing at all and making. He's he's very good at feeding you filler, fluff. Yeah, you know, yeah. things that make you feel like you heard something, and then you go back and you look and you said, "I didn't get anything out of that. My head is empty." You know, it's it's empty words. How do Illinois do it? That was mean. That's a mean comment. Banned. I rebuke you. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to get mad about Illinois basketball. I'm not going to get mad about Illinois basketball. I'm going to get mad about Ryan Pace. Um, but no, he's great at saying nothing. He's great at dancing around the question. And so much to the point that he's got Nagy to be good at it too. They're, they're yeah. both like, – they work. and They're intertwined. They're great at it. So, I, I mean, I think that's just kind of part of the job of being a, an executive in sports as well and being a head coach and, and not playing all your cards and showing all your cards. Because especially at this time when it's so close to the draft and you are trying to throw up those smoke smoke, smoke screens, like trading up to number three for Can potentially – we see that degree coach. again? No. Uh, please? Sorry. No. Never <laughs> <laughs> the degree. Um, ha, got him. Got him. Got him. Oh, man. <laughs> Hey, but, hey, Oral um, Roberts is good. Okay, I don't. We don't have to talk about that. That's at least ball right. Kevin that, cool made the tournament. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we tear each other apart through the comments. Listen, listen, listen I, 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 was, I was rooting for both your guys' teams, man. Both oh, teams, sure. man. I was, I was, and that's, we, and that's why we both lost because you you refused to pick. <laughs> it up. I am. I'm, I really am. Oh. A like I'm not. Oh. Um, if, no. I, if I wasn't a Bears fan, the Bears fan, the, the Bears would be good. I truly believe that. <laughs> Small sacrifice to be made here, I guess. Sorry, Chris. Go, go find a new team. <laughs> Chris. Oh, but Nagy is podcast after this one. This is off the rails. We have we have just completely lost track here. This comment section. We we have comments for two weeks and we just completely we just completely lose everything. Granted, we we go uh off the rails relatively frequently. But I know this sounds cliche, but negging pace talk works when they win. That's true. When it works, yeah. When it works, 
it's true. It's when Club Dub is open and everything's peachy, great. The yes. culture and we're family and we bond together. Great. That's true. And it does work. It worked for that season where you were winning games. But then you start losing and you see very quickly that people start to lose that faith. People stop stop talking to the media. People you know, close Club Dub. Your only your only positive voice is Cordero Patterson, who now you've let walk. Um, essentially, right? He's not coming back, right? It, that, that I, 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 I'm not counting on it. I, I hope he does, though, man. Like, I really want CP back, but I'm not. It's, it seems like once he changed his Twitter bio and his picture, kind of seemed like that was the end of it. It seemed like he wanted to be back, and it was just kind of like, eh. yeah. Which I mean, which is okay. I get I, it I guess, because. I mean, it's not okay because when you just let the top return man in the game walk, it's not great. But there were needs elsewhere, right? Where considering where you are, an elite top tier all pro return guy is not a luxury you can afford right now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So okay. I, it's just like this is this was kind of what we were talking about, like you know, leading up to the off season, like we're gonna have to make some sacrifices. Like talk about that. You talk about Kyle Fuller. Like it was it was always coming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and let's go back to the coaching thing real quick. Cause I, I like that, that comment that was made about, you know, it's easy. It's easy for anybody, any human in the world, no, no matter what you do, when things are going well to just, you know, go with the flow of it and, and make things sound great when they are going great. The thing that separates a good coach from a great coach is what you do when you face adversity. And what we know about this front office and this coaching staff is they don't know how to handle adversity. They have no idea. You know, when, when things start to, when you start to go on a six game losing streak, or really when you start to go on a two game losing streak, how do you respond? Well, we have the evidence to know that they don't respond very well and they lose four more and it adds up to six total. Matt Nagy can, can sound great and make great sound bites and appear great in front of a camera when he does the boom. And when everybody's dancing in the club, when you're winning. Okay. And that was great. And, you know, I would love to believe that the talent was what led them to those things in 2018 more than the coaching. And that's a different conversation for a different day, but show me what you can do when you start losing. Show me what you can do when things aren't going your way, when a player goes down, when a player gets injured, when somebody's having a tough time, when a, when players are going through uh, you know, a slump or whatever. And how do you bounce back? They don't know how to bounce back. That's my issue with them. That's my issue with that whole point is, you know, okay, when everything's rainbows and flowers and good, it's great, it's good. And it gets elevated because of Club Dub. But when things are not going great, it, it, it becomes worse because they don't know how to handle it. You have to be able to handle adversity in any sport, in anything, in anything you do in life. The thing that separates the, the what people are good at their jobs and people who are great at their jobs is how you respond to adversity. They don't know how to do that. And that's the biggest issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that simple. Like, I mean, we always say it on this podcast, like winning solves everything. Like, it's really just that simple. Yeah. You win, you get, you get the results. Everything's going to sound good. Like, I don't think, I don't think anyone's even going to care what the coaches say when they're winning, really. Like, who really cares to hear? Well, that's a good point. To, to that like, point, to that point, you know, Khalil Mack, never, he doesn't really talk to the media. When they were winning, it was, oh, he's just so locked in. He's so focused. That's what yeah. makes him great. He doesn't talk to the media. When they're losing, oh, well, this guy's just being, you know, he's being a jerk. He doesn't want to talk because they're losing. I, I think that shows you perfectly, like the dichotomy there of, you know, ow. Yeah. Anyway. I, I don't know. I, I, I hand on the desk, Kevin. <laughs> you see that, that degree again? Jesus. <laughs> Give me that look. 
That's what you're saying, Chris? Yeah, no, like, I mean, seriously, like, that that just – it sums it up perfectly. Like, you win, and, you know, you can literally say anything that sounds good and have it passed mm-hmm. if you're winning football games. Like, it's mm-hmm. just that simple. It's like – it's almost like those things that would sound bad – when you're losing sound good when you're winning. Like yeah. you could say something that's incredibly stupid and would be terrible in the context of you're on a six game losing streak. But if you say it when you're in a six game winning streak, you know, it's posted to Bleacher Report and Sports Center and look how profound this is. And look at how, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. Oh, wow. What, what a goof. Oh, look at that. He's a great players coach. And he's all, oh, he really loves to, you know, make these very fun little statements here yeah. that are going to, you know, get clicks, you know, it's, 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 narrative. it's really just narrative. about the context. Yeah. The narrative. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. Yeah. So that's, you know, and that's, what's going to be interesting about this press conference too, is like, you're not in that position right now. You're in a tough yeah. position and people are, you know, gunning for your head right now. You have to come out and say some really impressive things that are going to kind of ease the minds of the fans, because obviously people have questions and people have doubts about the team in 2021. What are you going to say on Friday that's going to allow people to kind of take a step back and relax and say, maybe it's going to be okay. We'll actually have a shot to win in 2021. Yeah. I disagree with the comment that's on the screen right now. You can have club dub after you win the Super Bowl. I disagree that, with that. That's as well. such yeah. an impossible. There's stand. a difference. That, yeah. that, that's an impossible standard to set for making a winning culture and make yourself a winning club. You know, it, it, you can celebrate wins. It's fine to celebrate wins. It's hard to win in the NFL. It is hard to win in the NFL. Absolutely. To win a Super Bowl, to say, all right, you can celebrate, but gosh darn it, you better bring me the hardware first. That is like saying, I can't even come up with an analogy right now. Like that, That's like if you went to work. That's like, that's like if you went to work and you said like, all right, you could get paid, but only after you do the whole year's worth of work. Like you're not getting a paycheck mm-hmm. until I see that final report that takes 12 months on my desk and I want it. On I knew he was going to, I knew this person was going to say that. I knew this person was going to say, tell that to the Patriots, Patriots, but that's not the Patriots, way it's done. It, they built it though. And, and it, and it helps when you have a transcendent quarterback and you have a transcendent coach and you have people that want to play there. It is extremely different and it takes years to build. The Patriots have been doing it for yes, so long exactly. because they built it over the last 20 years. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight. Are the bears a winning culture? Not anymore. They well, were they weren't years. before 2018. That's why you saw right. that. They right. wanted to establish that. So that's why we right. celebrate. Right. It has right. It has to start somewhere. You can't say, exactly. all right, well, all right, we just went, we, you know, we just went 12 and four, but I think we should wait to celebrate until until next year. I think I think because of what it what would have happened? Then we would have had zero good memories. We would have had yeah. nothing. So at least you have that to kind of hold on to. Yeah, if you wait till you win a Super Bowl. Half the teams in the NFL, more than half, aren't celebrating diddly squat. You know, you, you got nothing. You got the Patriots celebrating over the last 15 years. You have the Steelers celebrating a couple times. Yeah. Like you, you can't set that impossible standard. You have to start building that culture now. And it sounds so, you know, it's such a clown statement for lack of a better phrase, because you know, we because of the spot you are in right now. And unfortunately, you kind of have to restart, but once you get back, because the Bears had suffered, you went through the John Fox era, and you went through, and you went through the Matt Barkley era, so that you oh, could get God. that 2018 spot, so that you could eventually start celebrating those wins. You don't go through Matt Barkley starts for most of the season, and then 
not get to celebrate when you start winning. That's not how this works. You don't get to do that. The Brown, you're going to tell the Browns fans that they don't get to celebrate going to the playoffs after what they just went through for the last 20 years. Right. No, that's not how that works. You, you yeah. need to be able to celebrate the wins because then, you know, who's going to want to come to a team that doesn't have a transcendent quarterback like Tom Brady, that doesn't have a transcendent co- coach like Bill Belichick, and then they don't celebrate wins either. And you, you got none of that? You know, that, that's why people went to the Patriots because you knew you could win because you had those once in a lifetime guys on that team. So the Patriots are such an outlier that, yeah, it, it's you, you try to compare yourself to the Patriots, then you're going to lose that argument every time. You're always going to come out on the losing side this year. Uh, yeah, the Saints dance and go crazy after every win. They go above 500 every year. It's a, it's a culture thing that you build up. And the Saints stunk for most of the mid-2000s. So there's it, no right way to do it either. Like there's right, no exactly. blueprint. It doesn't matter. Do what right. you want. I mean, different coaches bring different things. You know, one if, if Bill Belichick wants to do it his way and it works, fine. If Matt Nagy and Sean Payton want to do it their way, that doesn't matter. From the personnel, too. Look at look at the difference between the Ravens, Joe Flacco, and Lamar Jackson Ravens. <laughs> look at the difference there. The, 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 those, those teams, <laughs> that culture is way different. Still, yeah. still playoff yeah. teams, but yeah. it's just how they do things, way different. It, it changes with the personnel, even. It changes, like... Lamar Jackson got there and obviously Joe Joe Flacco not really the biggest fiery personality. Lamar Jackson obviously <laughs> if the Bears will sign Joe Flacco, we're going to have so many other issues, so many other issues. But man, we really we went a lot we went a lot of different ways today, boys. We Oh yeah. Did. We were bouncing all over the place. <laughs> a lot of different places today. Hey, that's the fun thing about this platform, guys. I mean, this is why I enjoy this is like, you know, and I, I, you know, I don't speak for the audience here, but I think it's kind of entertaining when, you know, these questions pop up on the screen. We get to shift topics really quickly because sometimes people don't want to hear us ramble for 20 minutes about Matt Jones, just specifically him. You know, I, so that's why we support y'all in the comments, in the chat. Keep throwing it in there for Hold next on. week. So I was talking to Jake before the show started. Oh, Justin's here. This hey, Justin. Said, we're going to talk about 17th game. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about Garoppolo and the Niners trade. We're going to talk about Rashad Coward. We're going to talk about nagging and, and Pace Presser. What did we not talk about? You hit it all. Oh! Hit it all. <laughs> good job, guys. That's how you bring it now. Thank you, Justin, for probably validation. That felt good. That felt good. Um, all right. He just came in to say that and just left. Hey, that's yeah, yeah. there. He just gasses us up. We appreciate that. Um, all right. We are up against the clock. We need to start go getting our rundowns for next week so we can provide you the same fantastic comment. I need to go look at my reflection and this degree glass. Degree glass. Anyway, the glass of this degree. Anyway, but we are going to get out of here. Thank you guys for all of the comments, for all the interaction. We very much appreciate it. Bring back Tressman. No, go reconsider things. But anyway, come back next week. Same time. We will be here. We appreciate you all. See you next week for myself, for Kevin and Chris Nano. Bears Nation Podcast, signing off. Bear on.